0: The Start On Demand. On demand.
1: The province has done an about-face and is now allowing beverage rooms to stay open instead of having to close for the next two weeks. We'll speak to the owner of Four Crowns Restaurant on McPhillips because they have a beverage room license and were expected to close, but now they can stay open. With just two weeks to go to the U.S. election, it's easy to see just how divided that country is. The question remains, why? And the impending possible snow forced Greg to spring into action and tackle the yard work he was putting off. What have you had to do right before a deadline? What did you leave to the last possible minute? I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, October 20th podcast for the start.
0: Good morning. Hello there, Greg. Good morning, uh, Brett McGarry. This could be our last 6 a.m. face-to-face in the same same room. They're splitting us up again. What? Are they really? They are. They're not sending me home. They're just sending me down the hall. It feels like grade nine all over again.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know this. I feel sad for you. I was just thinking this morning about uh, how lucky you are to see each other. Like, as I text you things and I'm like, ugh somewhere Brett's rolling his eyes, I need to see that again. It just doesn't feel the same. And now you won't know it either. (laughs) No,
0: no. although grade nine and thinking about it, it's usually just out into the hallway. It wasn't down the hall. It was just out the hallway or or down to the principal's office. But
2: Like, was it just they were done with
0: you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just (laughs) flabbergasted. I don't want to look at you. You're just, your face is bugging me. Get out of here. Can't deal with you anymore. (laughs) When do you you move on to the next school? (laughs) Are you not in high school yet? Could you please get out of here? Yeah, they're uh,
1: rigging. They've rigged up another. One of our, I mean, we've just, as for those uh, who listen frequently, you know that we have now moved downtown to 201 Portage. We're now on the 30th floor alongside our friends at Global TV, Global Winnipeg. And uh, they've been still working on a couple of extra rooms. Uh, That room that you're going into was, I I believe it's an eventual plan is for it to be a studio for production for our our people who put together all of our commercials and promos. But uh, they've got a computer set up in there for Greg and they've added some extra cameras. And monitors so that uh, we can at least see each other. Uh, so should we? Do you want us to ask the engineers, Loren, if uh, we can get a camera yeah. into Casa del McNabb?
2: I really feel like this could happen. I don't know if you want that or I want that. I don't even have <laughs> pants on right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got a blanket around my legs. I couldn't find my pajama bottoms, and it was all dark. And kids are sleeping, and it's cold out there. And I was like, "Well, we'll just wrap this blanket around me and call it a day at work."
0: <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> After what Jeffrey Tubin went through uh, yesterday, you oh might boy. want to reconsider your that good lord your that, uh, your clothing options today. Like, yeah. uh, there's always a camera around. Just remember that, this whether it's it, you're in charge of it or not. In this day and age, there's always a camera around. In fact, I discovered on my laptop my chorus issued lap- laptop that i got at the beginning of the pandemic there's a little slide thing that actually you can slide over the camera so that you can uh, you know make sure that you're not on camera when you don't want to be but you have to be cognizant that you have that function and you have to be operating it in order not to get yourself in just yeah. ridiculous trouble
2: in case our listeners weren't aware, this is the New Yorker reporter. He's also, I think, CNN's chief legal analyst. It was. And... <laughs> Not anymore. This is Jeffrey Tubin, and he exposed himself during a Zoom call with colleagues. He says it was an accident. It doesn't really matter. It happened. And it's like, it's it's the kind of thing that we've all been talking about with the work from home scenario, right? You, you're very aware <laughs> who can and can't see you and who can and can't he- hear you. And I think we leave it at that with this one. No. Because yeah. If, if
0: you if you want to know more about it, Google it. <laughs> yeah. I think.
1: Uh, I he think t- he can- chose the wrong time to took matters to take matters into his own the hands. So. There you go. Well That's a good said. way to put it. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite the segue. Greg's going to be in a different room. Jeffrey Tubin <laughs> exposing
0: himself. <laughs> well, Lorraine mentioned that she's not wearing any pants right now. So, I thought that would be an apropos. We, we like segways.
2: I should clarify a little bit more. There is some there there's not, um, you wouldn't see anything. Okay, was, they're pantalons
3: okay.
0: Of pantaloons. Some sort. <laughs>
1: pantaloons. Uh, well, and it's a good thing you are uh, you do have that blanket because as mentioned uh, Kayla mentioned we are could see some snow. Uh, Greg, actually, the, the the prospect of snow, Greg listening to Bruce Johnson, Hal's weather buddy, yesterday afternoon on Hal Anderson Afternoons prompted you, galvanized you and your boys into action. You sprung into action when you got home and said enough is enough.
0: Yeah, I think we did about two days worth of chores in 90 minutes. We got the most of, I would say, 98% of the leaves off the front lawn. Our maple tree finally shook the last most of its uh, last of its leaves over the weekend so we got rid of those and we put away all the patio furniture and took down the gazebo roof and packed most of it away. So we're ready for snow now, but without that deadline, <laughs> I would have left that stuff there right until remembrance day <laughs> probably without any problem. Yeah. Well
2: it's funny that you say that because just last night I said remind me tomorrow we have to put the patio table away because last year that October storm hit the early one before Thanksgiving and everything was still out there like it was still I, f- I thought we had one more weekend to go and then you're scrambling right but I still feel like I got time you're you're saying noon
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Look, the snow will hit. It yeah. looks like uh, could, we could see periods of snow around noon, uh, depending on which forecast you look at. Like Environment Canada, for example, says periods of snow beginning near noon, maybe two centimeters tonight, another possible two to four centimeters of snow. Uh, our forecast is saying a chance of snow today and tonight. So, uh, if yeah. we have see, snow, I got lots tonight- of time. Yeah, you've got hours, you've got like
2: eight hours. Or maybe maybe even more. It sounds like it's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance (laughs) that I don't have to do this work. This is what I'm hearing.
1: So at 6.45, we're going to have a conversation about, just tell us something that you've left to the last minute. Now, last month, we had a conversation about procrastination and why do we do it? But today we want to know, Just something that you left until the last minute and just had to do it. Or maybe you were forced into action, like Greg. Greg wasn't planning to do this yesterday, but he's listening to CJOB and thought, I got to get this done post-haste. Otherwise, there will be, as RoboCop would say, there will be trouble. Mm -hmm. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. About a month ago, we had a conversation about why do we procrastinate? Well, today we want to have a conversation about something that you've had to do right up to deadline, right up until the last minute, whether it was because you procrastinated procrastinated, or maybe it's because of unexpected circumstances such as yesterday, Greg. You were listening to Hal Anderson Afternoons. What happened?
0: Well, I realized I had a front yard full of leaves that I didn't want to remain under whatever snow we might get today. And who knows if it comes today. Perhaps it stays until March or April. Still had the fabric roof on our gazebo on. Still had all the all the lounge chairs had their fabric cushions on. Was, I don't know, waiting for... Autumn to return before we had uh, winter anyway, got about uh, two days worth of chores done in 90 minutes yesterday. Just put the old, uh, pulled up the bootstraps and elbow grease and just put our heads down and got her done.
1: You got her done. Got her so done. So you can text us at 204-780-6868 with your own example. And hey, we're going to pick a winner out of those texts at 915 and give away a Santa Lucia pizza. So let's go around the horn here. We've got Jeff Forte, producer and master control. Kelly Moore is here. Kelly, why don't we start with you?
4: Well, it happened recently this past summer, probably going back to the early spring. We were having problems with the rear gate lift on my wife's car for whatever reason, you know, when you push the little uh, open uh, gadget on your keys, it wouldn't open. It stayed stuck. And then all of a sudden, one day, it started working again. So it worked all summer, right up until two days before we were making a trip out to B.C. So we had to uh, hurry it, uh, hurry get it into the shop to get fixed the day before we were leaving and of course you know there's always a couple of things on the to-do list uh uh, before you're leaving vacation and and those things included getting our counters redone and our kitchen floors redone while we were away
0: of course just throw (laughs) that in because going (laughs) away on vacation isn't stressful enough
4: no exactly yeah yeah and we had a gas stove, so that had to be arranged to be moved. And uh, the fridge uh, moved out as well so that the floor could be put in. But, oh. you know, while we're getting the car fixed and the cat <laughs> taken to the kettle. Uh, Jeff Forte, what about you, buddy?
2: I like to uh, bring my bike to my parents' place to uh, keep it inside because right now it's just on my balcony. And I still have to do that. <laughs> now it's going to get cold and snowy. And it's, I'm like, I'm not going to drive. I'm not going to ride my bike
1: and snow and cold, so I'm probably just going to have to put it in the car. Well, you know, uh, lots of Winnipeggers ride their bikes in the winter there. Yeah, the not me. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not one of those, I'm not one of those Winnipeggers.
2: You got, I feel like, you know what? I think you got time still, Jeff. I think there's going to be one more nice day for you. Just wait for it. Wait. Oh no, I, I've been putting this off for like a month. No, wait. You're still good. No. The deadline hasn't come yet. You're good. Oh, it's, it's come and
3: gone. I
0: think it's that's too the cold problem. for me now. He has been waiting for it, and it just hasn't shown up. Loren, uh, what about you? Have you thought of something?
2: Oh, I live for the deadline. You know that. That's not just about in school. I'd be at three in the morning working on a uh, last-minute paper. Uh, Anything that I have to bring to someone's house that I say, I'll get it to you by next week. Well, I literally mean the moment they need it and not a moment sooner. And, of course, as you know, uh, I – I'm a fan of walking into the room at the last possible second if the light isn't already on. I don't really want to be in front of that mic yet. So, and I and I don't know what that is. Like obviously this is a profession where there is a very finite deadline. You know, it's not 60030 if you're doing the news at 6 when I was anchoring. It's like 600, right? You have to be there. And Forever someone would be yelling like Loren, you've got thirty seconds and I'd like that's so much time and I'd <laughs> slow walk in to the studio and put on my mic and it drives everybody crazy. And I clearly obviously that's the motivator for me because it keeps me going.
1: Well and sometimes the the deadline, I think, there, nothing quite galvanizes one into action right. like a deadline, right? And Even the worst procrastinator, uh, and I count myself among the worst procrastinators, when the deadline is looming and you have no choice, that's when you finally got to just say, I got to get this done. Like I think back to <laughs> grade 11 English class, Larry Petko, great teacher, and he, we had our final essay, the big essay to write, and I was still... At like midnight, the date, the papers do at 9 a.m. And I still at midnight haven't picked my topic. I oh, had, come se- on. I had several topics in the air. But I couldn't decide on one because I was lazy and procrastinating. So finally at 1 a.m. I start writing this paper about because I guess in the the previous NCAA college football season, there was controversy (laughs) about how they declare the national champion because they didn't have a playoff system. Four teams were vying for it. I believe it was the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, Florida State, and the West Virginia Mountaineers. So I wrote an essay arguing for each of them as to why it was such a mess. And I think I finished. It was. It was actually the very first time in my life where I pulled an all-nighter. And that Friday night, I got home. I went. I slept from five p.m. until one p.m. the next day. Uh, but that's the the point. Was I waited until one a.m. To start
0: the paper, but
1: I ended up getting like ninety three percent on it.
0: There you go. go. Yeah, that's that's why it's fortunate. There's still time. Uh, You know, and talk about you—you ring every last moment out of either your leisure time or vacation. We went to California back in 1991, 10 of us. It was our last family vacation before all of us got to a certain age. My girlfriend at the time was graduating from the University of Manitoba, had to be at the U of M at one o'clock. We left Denver at just before 1130 the previous morning and drove through the night to get home, get home, unpack, change. I think I got her to the U of M with about nine minutes to spare. (laughs) We had two weeks.
2: I <laughs> yeah, still had nine minutes. We had a lot of time.
1: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb at 204 We're asking you to text us. An example. Text us a story. Tell us a story. Gather round. Let's gather round the fire. Tell us a story about a time where you had to leave something to the last second, whether it was your own fault or whether it was just uh, some extenuating circumstances presented you with a deadline that you had to conquer. And in our next segment, Greg brought up something that anybody who grew up in a certain era can remember this from their school days. The dot matrix printer, and we'll just leave it at that. Craig painted a wonderful picture for me off the air, uh, so we will paint that for you in our next segment. But we do need to start this hour by revisiting uh, something that we talked about yesterday because the province of Manitoba has done a full 180 on restrictions in Winnipeg that were just hours old, allowing businesses operating under the beverage room license to remain open for the following two
3: weeks. I'm thinking that the province wanted to get it right, and, uh, you know, the way it was pitched originally was not correct. And uh, so I appreciate the fact that uh, stations like yours had me on and were able to help me make the case. And, and, uh, um, you know, so, yeah, good news for for our people uh, today, small victories. Uh, you know, we go back to uh, Orange Open uh, with restrictions, closed at 10 o'clock, et cetera. But I think it at least gives our people a, a glimmer of hope to keep trying to carve out an existence. So.
2: That was Scott Jocelyn. He's, of course, the president and CEO of the Manitoba Hotel Association. And it's been one of those organizations that's been calling and standing up for their members, which include hotels, Operations like dining rooms, banquet rooms, as they're called in Manitoba, and other enterprises, which take place under the umbrella of a hotel operation, which can be huge. And and beverage rooms are really a big part of that equation. They were closed yesterday, beverage rooms, along with casinos and nightclubs and bars. But the beverage rooms, as you said, Brett, got that 180 reversal on the decision. And and so they're set to reopen today as the province has reconsidered restrictions in this battle against COVID-19.
0: So, beverage rooms are classified as food and beverage establishments connected to hotels, which can be uh, can be a little bit misleading for some of us. And so, some of us might be wondering why one of their favorite food service establishments might be reopened today, while others may not.
3: And it's confusing. I've lived this my whole life, so though I'm not the expert on everything. I'm certainly an expert on different license types. So the average person walking in wouldn't know the difference, you know, and the reality is with some of the changes that the government has made with protocols that we have in licensed areas, you know, we're already, you know, at half capacity, we already don't have dancing, you know, we already don't have people standing up and drinking The the difference between this license or that license, the lines are even more blurred than they were before. So, you know, I guess. Uh, you know, we were able to make the case and, uh, and people looked at it and, and, uh, and, you know, so, uh, we, we move on to the, next, uh, to the next battle.
1: And that leads to, we just want to revisit yesterday's question of the day, yesterday morning's question of the day, which is brought to you by Mr. Furness. Don't call them first, you'll see why. Call Mr. Furness, 204 832 And we asked a question that led to some confusion, but I, maybe it's the confusion that is part of the situation here. The question that we posed uh, at cjob.com initially and on Twitter and on Instagram, should the province provide financial aid to restaurants that have to close? their dining rooms for the next two weeks under the latest restrictions. Part of what we do when we put together a question of the day is to try to simplify it. And uh, it's also sometimes we're doing it under a deadline. Oh, God, we forgot the question of the day. We've got two minutes uh, before we go back to air. What do you think of this? All right, let's go. And so we we sort of blurted that out. We kind of went back and forth on a couple of things. And that's what we settled on. I thought, hopefully, this is simple enough. Turns out, it was confusing for some because people were asking on turtle, well, hang on a second. I thought restaurants didn't have to close. And even the province weighed in and said, no, it, restaurants can stay open. It's beverage rooms. And so there was some confusion. So I admit it was a hastily crafted, clumsily worded question, but there was still that specific on that restaurants that have to close. So Kingshead, for example, we spoke to Kingshead yesterday. They... Have to stay closed because they have an entertainment license, but Four Crowns Restaurant, and we're going to speak to them at eight thirty. They can reopen because they have a beverage room. To the average person, I think Johnny Lunchpail, wondering, you know, looking at whether it's Four Crowns, King's Head, the Grove Pub, they all serve food. So if I'm, I would be wondering why can this place be open and this place can't.
0: So Loren, I would say that uh, the confusion over something like presenting. Something as informal as our question of the day is indicative of the confusion, not only for the public, but as Scott Johnson said, even within the uh, even within the industry itself.
2: Yeah, and I think that the key here is if you're wanting to support any of these businesses, and I know many of us do call and figure out what's going on with them because odds are they might be providing some sort of delivery or takeout as the king's head is because they're trying to at least stay afloat for the next two weeks that these restrictions are in place and again the province says it's going to be two weeks but if the numbers don't come down that might not be the case right so beverage rooms now they can reopen entertainment facilities like The King's Ed pubs, nightclubs, bars, they all stay closed even with this policy change or this reversal yesterday. Casinos and bingo halls also stay closed. And Scott Jocelyn says that's as good as that, as good as this move is, there's obviously still more work to do.
3: Well, the challenge that we have is so much of what we do is impacted by covid-19 right so other businesses could start to get their feet back under them as you know they're not de- they're not dealing with face-to-face people interaction like we do that's part of our business so when the government has protocols like people can't travel etc uh, that doesn't put people in our guest rooms when we can't have events then we can't uh, you know we can't have those uh, event spaces being used when we can't have people can't have our restaurants or beverage rooms running to full capacity we don't have people so we're kind of like You know, another body blow, another body blow. Hopefully really signals the government, really been trying to pound the drum on it, that we need some sector-specific relief for our industry. You can't treat us like everyone else. We're different. Uh, And, you know, we're going to need help. And it's going to take us longer to recover than than most other sectors. And, you know, this isn't going to go away tomorrow. And uh, people have been so impacted that we're going to need help.
0: Taking a second look at these regulations versus how they genuinely rolled out in reality, I would say is a great move by the province. So much nuance here, as we just highlighted, but we want our leaders to listen and act when appropriate. So I commend the province for doing that and doing what they did. Uh, some might see it as capitulating to these businesses. I see it as being open to admitting to when you've done something incorrectly, and making it right. But that doesn't mean they don't have another step to take, Brett. There are still some establishments and we've mentioned them caught in the abyss of their liquor license designation. And I know there is an ability and a way to figure this out, to get those businesses open and running and part of the economy. They've been operating safely. Many of them under the same uh, health and safety regulations, which similar operations with slightly different liquor licenses will operate under today.
1: And I, I should point out, I did order some Kingshead takeout yesterday and one of the cool things, uh, Owner Chris Graves, who we spoke to yesterday, because uh, I ordered a burger, fries, and a beer, he personally delivered the beer separately because he, he wanted to say, hey, man, thanks for the support, and uh, I thought that was really cool. So, and it was a good burger, good poutine. McGarry McNabb. We're getting great procrastination stories, deadline stories at 204-780-6868. But Greg, you told me a great one that anybody went to school in a certain era, can relate to, it involved, all you had to say was dot matrix printer.
0: 1985, grade 11, drafting, and the final major project, you know, it was assigned probably five weeks before I started it, and of course I started it (laughs) about 12 hours before it was due, and uh, went to my dad's, uh, my dad's listening this morning, I'm sure he'll remember this, and helping me craft this and type it up and get it all ready to go, not done by one o'clock, the whole house is sleeping. Let's fire up the printer. <laughs> because we know how quiet those things were in the middle of the night when the entire house is sleeping. <laughs> Finally had to put a cushion over top of the printer so that uh, we didn't wake up the entire household. But uh, are
2: those the ones you had to rip the sides off too? Like the ones that printed out, you had the whole rip, the whole slow
0: rip. Yes. And you know, (laughs) and you would have thought, you would have thought, I would have learned the lesson, but no, just, I think Brett said it, it just reinforces the fact that you pulled it off once. This is the way you should operate henceforth.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We learned that, hey, we had time. So I'm going, to take, I'm going to milk that time right to the last possible second. So keep those stories coming at 204-780-6868. Right after 7.30, we got to share a story that one of you sent us regarding uh, an, an interesting time to do some yard work, shall we say, when there were much more pressing matters at hand. We want to start this half hour with the fact that Greg has been watching a movie. When he first told me he was watching it, I thought, that is random. But it is not random at all. It has very much to do with something that is happening south of the border in just two weeks' time. This is the movie.
5: If tomorrow is our great getting up morning,
1: yes, Amen.
5: Uh, if tomorrow we have to meet the judgment day, yes. Uh, yes. we want them to know that we went down standing up. Yes, Lord. Yes, I- no heavenly father that we died for
1: freedom from 1989 starring morgan freeman denzel washington
0: matthew broderick glory why are you watching glory Greg? well it's first of all hard to hard to believe that that movie was made 31 years ago think about that and how young everybody looks in that movie. Although Morgan Freeman looks the same age as he always has <laughs> always looked, like from the electric company to now. He just hasn't changed in his appearance at all. I've, you know, I've for a long time been fascinated by the American Civil War, fascinated by the gun culture in the United States. And so as we approach, This 2020 presidential election, you know, people are voting in unprecedented numbers. There's that word again. But advanced polling uh, has been open in many states for several days now. Uh, In Texas, I was listening to something last night. Close to 20% of all Texans have already lined up to vote and people are spending hours. But there is this dark side, Loren. Just this fear of depending on how things go. What ultimately happens? We know that Donald Trump has already made noise about the fact that depending on how the vote goes, he will challenge this. That's what a lot of the conversation is with regard to the Supreme court and uh, naming of the new judge and the timing of such they need, they saying, you know, we need nine judges because the Supreme court might be called upon to determine who wins this election, but there's always this undertone. They're talking talking about poll watchers. They're talking about people armed uh, militia. We know what happened in Michigan and the, and the plot to kidnap their governor there. And so I just, you know, civil war, that word, comes out every once in a while when people are talking about the political climate in the United States right now and it just still fascinates me that for as far removed as we are from 1861 to 1865 uh, the how divided America can still be at times
2: and i think that that's you know one of the reasons why we're we're so closely watching this. It's not just about, you know, the, the fascinating sideshow that is Donald Trump or, or the main show. And fascinating is not even the best word to use there, depending on how you view what comes out of his mouth at times. It's really just about this idea of how fractured everyone is and, and how they feel about one another and all the different tensions kind of hitting this boiling point. And so two weeks today, they go to the polls. Yes, they've had this huge uptick in advance voting. A lot of people look at that like, oh, that means if there's a high advance voter turnout, that often means people want change well that's not always the case sometimes it's about convenience there's covid in the backdrop there's all sorts of other things going on and yes how what america wakes up to in the days after will be very different than what it goes to bed to no matter what, like no matter how it goes because of of that anger that's on the surface on both sides of the equation. And so I think there's concern when you watch it. There's so, again, there's that fascination and there are neighbours. And so we just had on at 637, the chief health strategist from North Dakota talking about COVID there. And even just hearing them talk, we have this, we have this imaginary line that divides us, but there's so much more that makes us very different. And and watching what they're going through right now, I, it's almost, you, you get nervous thinking about where things could go and what could happen next. I'm curious. I'm curious to know, Brett. I don't know who in your circles you, you talk to about this, but where people sit with the, with watching this one compared to last time. Last time there was the fascination of Hilly. Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Now it's what Donald Trump has maybe become that's driving the driving force for others. But I think there's a lot of Canadians who pay attention to this.
1: Well, and it's curious too to just under like you when I try to think about why is this country so divided? Why have they not been able to come together? Every election, they always hear the same rhetoric we need to be bipartisan, we need to come together, we need to work together. And they just seem to grow further and further apart. And I just as I look at their population number, for example, in 1920, they had 106 million people and 100 years later they have 328 million and i wonder did they just grow too fast did they just grow too fast and and multiply too quickly to really grow sort of naturally i don't know i mean i'm i'm no population scientist but i wonder i've always wondered is that part of the reason why there's so much gaps between the two sides there.
0: Yeah, you know, just there's there's really if you take a look at the geography and you overlay the physical geography of the United States over Europe and you realize that there are you know close to two dozen countries in the in the same physical geography landmass as there are for one country in the United States and the regionalism that you know America is always. They've always promoted this idea of the melting pot and now everybody coming together from no matter where you come in the world, the idea is that you become American. Yet, uh, Loren, you've spent a lot of time in the U.S. I don't know if ever before West Coast versus East Coast isn't just a rap thing anymore. You've got the South, you've got the Midwest, you've got the industrial heartland. And these these fractures are as wide as they've ever been in my lifetime, at least uh, at least from my perception.
2: I have to be honest. It was a few years ago. We were talking about within my own circles about whether we even like to go to the states as much as we used to just because of that undercurrent that you're kind of always feeling when you're there. And so even if I could go now, if the borders say were reopened, would you think twice just based on just that, that tension that sort of sits there sometimes? And you've some, and I felt it as soon as I hit. Grand Forks or Minneapolis, it just does. It just feels a bit different, more so than ever before.
1: Yeah, no, and just one final quick point on that. And you, they, you never know where it's going to pop up. Like we got in a cab in Las Vegas. Very friendly driver. He was giving us tips on this and that, and then out of nowhere he says, "So, Arabs," and we we just stopped talking the rest of the way, just
0: like that. Yep. Yep.
1: We also have a Tickets and Treats Pass for two for Landmark Cinemas. We'll give that away in our next segment. And don't forget, after 9.15, we're giving away a Santa Lucia pizza. Based on your stories of waiting to the last possible minute to do something, whether it was by your own doing, just from sheer procrastination, or maybe you were like Greg yesterday with the announcement that we might see some snow today. Greg rushed home with the boys and said, we got to get this yard cleaned up now because we might not have time. Today, if that snow does in fact come, as Bruce Johnson, Hal's weather buddy, said yesterday on Hal Anderson Afternoon. So we were getting some great stories at 204-780-6868, including one, Loren from Vanessa.
2: Yeah, she writes, good morning, Brett, Greg, and Lorraine. My procrastination story is from when I was in Bible college. I had a final eight-page paper that was due on Saturday morning. I lied to my teacher saying I had lost it when I hadn't even started it because I was just too busy, which I wasn't, she writes. He found out that I lied, but ended up giving me a second chance, told me I needed to hand it in by the end of the day. I got it done, got an 85 on it. Had I gotten it in on time, probably would have gotten 100%. Procrastination and lying in my case never pay off. I'm starting a college course next week through Robertson College that I had better not fool around with. Have a great day. Yeah, I don't know why that is sometimes when you make up a story and, and sometimes the truth is better, but you just don't want to admit that you just didn't do it.
0: I'm just remembering I owe Mr. Avon a grade 7 Julius Caesar. Uh <laughs> Essay from about 1989, 79, yeah, a long time ago. So Mr. Avon, if you're listening in Brandon, it's not in the mail. And uh, Mike <laughs> says it was Christmas Eve and I broke up with a wonderful woman because I procrastinated too long and didn't buy her a present. <laughs> so I called her and I said, sorry, I can't see you oh anymore. My God. Uh, I was... Uh, a S S.
2: Yes you were. Oh, yes. God. I mean, that is uh honest. <laughs> was was he honest when he broke up with her? I'm gonna be honest with you. One, I don't really like you, but mostly I didn't get you a present. So we're just gonna probably wrap
0: liked up. her by the sounds of things. <laughs>
1: Oh, Mike! Hey, thanks for. Sh- I appreciate when people. I because I got no. I'll fall on the sword when I have to, and Mike has clearly fallen on the sword here. I love it. Thank you for sharing that with us, and keep those stories coming for your chance to win some Santa Lucia pizza. Now, as you likely know by now, the province of Manitoba has done a 180 on restrictions in Winnipeg that were just hours old, allowing businesses operating under the beverage room license to remain open for the coming two weeks.
2: So these were all part of those increased measures that were brought to the Winnipeg and metropolitan area yesterday morning. And originally it called for all beverage rooms and entertainment facilities like casinos and big co-halls and nightclubs to shut down for two weeks as COVID-19 cases in Manitoba capital continued a sharp climb. Beverage rooms are classified as food and beverage establishments connected to hotels, Greg, and we saw a change with that yesterday.
0: We did. We have two guests to discuss this. Kevin Bergen is the host of The Main Ingredient, heard right here on 680 CJOB. The Main Ingredient has become a bit of a multimedia monster, Kevin. Well done.
6: Well, thank you, Gregory. Good well, morning, everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you taking time today. And also joining us is Ravi Rambaran. He's owner of Four Crowns Inn. And Ravi's beverage room operation received what we could call, I think safely, Ravi, a reprieve from the provincial government last evening. How did you find out and what does this do to change things for you?
5: Hey, I found out last night 5 o'clock. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable news, man. It was it was fantastic news, uh, there's no better feeling in the world than telling all your staff that they still have a job <clears throat> because the day before they were all crying together. <laughs> so this is, this is, it was just uh, it was like we won the lottery last night. It was unbelievable.
1: Now, uh, we're going to ask Kevin some questions in a moment, but Ravi, I just wanted to ask you, like when I think back to my days of going to the bar, uh, I would go to bars that were attached to hotels. You know, for me it was Euphoria at the Windsor Park Inn and Bullwinkles at the Transcona Inn. And I I knew even then that those places were classified as beverage rooms. But your establishment, uh, Four Crowns, that's not something I would consider a, a typical beverage room. Like it's a restaurant, is it not?
5: Yeah, it is. We, we've converted to a
1: full service restaurant.
5: Um, we've never had any reason to change our license and go through the application and, and the six to eight week process and, and pay the fees to do that. Um, the LGCA came out with a, a, an amendment to our license a few years back saying, uh, giving us a family friendly beverage room license, which meant we could have minors in there and they were they're were only doing that for places that were uh, going through that conversion. So, um, it, 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 uh, it was a red tape reduction move by the LGCA, uh, fantastic move on their part to save us money and time and energy uh, to give us that license.
2: Well, it's been fascinating for us guys because it's really highlighted things that maybe we didn't know about the industry in terms of all these different variances with license and what you can and cannot be called. And of course, there's those who are kind of caught in a gray area this morning. They might still have to stay closed because they don't fall under beverage room. They might have that entertainment license, and it's just one of the another sort of kick you when you're down scenarios. And we understand the province is doing the best it can to get COVID under control. And I think restaurant owners get that, Kevin. But you spend a lot of time talking to them. There has to be a real feeling of anxiety, more so now than perhaps ever before in this whole thing.
6: For sure, 100. percent And Robbie is a prime example of that. And like you said, this this whole situation has uh, has really um, you know shone a light on all the different licenses that are for different kind of places in the province. You know, like you said, they're they're working really hard, and they're kind of caught, caught between a rock and a hard place because um, it's kind of hard to, to to you know. I I don't think the restaurants are the places that people are are. That is a real problem here, but it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to punish individuals for for large gatherings and stuff like that because you know it'll put further strain on contact tracing like if you if you start finding people individually, no one's going to ever tell you know where they were what party they were at or what group they were at because it, it'll just be impossible but they need to find a way to to work with into work with businesses local businesses so that we can actually live with the virus while they're implementing certain restrictions so i think you know they're doing a good job and i I give uh, huge kudos on 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 changing the rules so fast like usually some things take a long time before uh before they get changed but obviously the outcry for from local business was huge um and and they felt the need to actually reverse that decision so I can be kudos for
0: that, uh, Ravi. Just got a text message here from one of our listeners. He says the coronavirus is running things, not politicians or bar owners, and, and we can agree with that, I think, for the most part. But. Politicians, uh, health officials are in charge of how we react to what the coronavirus or COVID-19 is doing within our community. And we've had to take some serious and drastic action over the last several weeks as numbers have uh, struck us. this whole notion that um, you were being treated even though differently, even though you were really the same has to be frustrating. And another one of our listeners saying, was this a, you know, a, a, an about face or doing something that made sense. And, and often you have to make noise in order for a decision that makes sense to be made.
5: Yeah. You know, I, our, our community gathered together and, and talked before we started to uh, reach out to the, uh, to the media and, we realize that um, you know what we're not uh, we're not necessarily the, the one cause of the spread of this uh, virus, and that if we're going to shut everything down, then then fine. Uh, but to pick on on one store, or one industry, or one one community is, it doesn't seem to make very much sense, especially when that community is working and spending a lot of money to make sure that everyone's as safe as possible. Um, uh, I, I have to tell. Uh, Say to the government uh, departments, the LGCA, um, like wow, uh, round of applause to you guys for actually listening to us and working with us, and and making a change. Like uh, that's one thing about the city is the city puts its ego aside and actually listens to each other and works together, and uh, it's it's fantastic, it's just unbelievable, because uh, there's not a lot of places that would that would reverse a, an official decision like that so quickly, and that just that tells you the heart that our that our province has.
1: Kevin, as host of the main ingredient, which airs Saturdays and Sundays at five PM on six eighty CJOB, you can also get the podcast at CJOB.com. You visit restaurants every week. And based on what you've seen in the last seven months or so, um, you know, are do you know of any that are likely not going to survive this?
6: Um, I'm sure there's a few. I've been mean, obviously I don't want to name one that, but I, I think of but yeah, there's again, if if that if that didn't if the if the decision wasn't reversed Robbie would be in the same boat and he's a guy that has has given a ton to the community has uh raised tons of money for local charities um and and over the over the last decade has been successful a successful restaurateur, tour businessman so when he when he actually sent uh or posted a, a post on Facebook saying the trouble that he was in then I realized that <laughs> if this guy's in trouble ninety percent of the restaurants's got to be in trouble because it's just you know, th- th- that's that got to be hard to just shut your doors and all the things that come along with it, all the cost of the of the of the PPE, of the sanitizer, you know, trying to get staff back, training, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, if if a person like him is in trouble, then I I would assume that 80 to 90 percent of the of the restaurants in trouble. And Tony from Silver Heights Restaurant, you know, he he owns his building and he's <laughs> he's. He's in trouble. So I can't imagine that a lot of the restaurants are in the same position that he is in as far as, you know, owning a lot of the a lot of his business and what where his business functions. So the small guy would would be in the in a lot of trouble.
2: Robbie, before we let everyone go here, you're the owner of Four Crowns Inn. You mentioned the the joy your staff felt yesterday here in the news, as you put it, that they'd still have jobs. What's your window now for what kind of improvement you need to see over the next few weeks before you're facing that kind of same dilemma again? Because as good as this news is, we know business is tough, and so there must be some hard decisions potentially still in your future.
5: There is, and, and we're coming up with, with backup plans of how we can uh, how we can pivot, how we can change uh, our direction quickly, uh, if need be. I mean, flu season's coming, and it's not, uh, it's not stopping anytime soon. So, uh, the weather's getting cold, people are gonna start getting sick, so i I do believe the numbers are gonna keep going up. Um, so we gotta it's our responsibility to keep as safe as possible um, <clears throat> and make sure that we we work on the on the public walking through the doors to make sure that that they're following the rules and and I mean we've all got families we don't want one person uh, not one one more person dying in in this province at all. Uh, so um, for for us it's it's just keep on plugging away. Uh, More important, uh, yesterday was news that, yes, we can we can stay open and that that's not that's not just opening the doors for two weeks for us. That's that's literally being able to stay open. So it was great news. Um, We are constantly brainstorming on what we can change, what we can do, what more we can add. Focused, of course, on takeout and delivery Um, and uh, keep plugging away.
1: Robbie Rambaran, owner of Four Crowns Restaurant at 1030 McPhillips, and Kevin Bergen, host of The Main Ingredient, weekends on 680 CJOB. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
5: Thanks, guys. Great, thank you. Thanks for having us. It was awesome. You guys
1: are the best. You know that. <laughs> well, thank you very yes. much. <laughs> no, I'm
2: kidding. Uh, you know, yes, I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and our listeners have spoken quite highly of the of the Crown Restaurant in the past, uh, so I think I might have to make a trip out there this week. We should also clarify that this particular about face regarding beverage room licenses does not apply to all businesses that had to shut down yesterday. We talked about the King's Head. They have an entertainment license that's different and
0: they still are closed. As do several other pubs uh, in our community. So I think there's still some room to go here. There are a handful or several hands of businesses that want to get open, that want to operate openly and safely under the provisions, under the health orders, uh, there's got to be a way to get that done. We got done what got done yesterday in what many would consider record time. Uh, let's uh, let's get the ball over the uh, goal line, so to speak, and get everybody back in business that deserves to be.
1: McGarry and McNabb now is your last chance to get in for the Santa Lucia pizza. We're going to give it away in our next segment based on your stories of waiting until the last minute to get something done, whether it's by your own hand, you're just lazy, or if it's extenuating circumstances such as the arrival uh, the potential arrival of snow today, Forrest Greg. And the boys, the Twin Towers, to rush home yesterday and do a weekend's worth of yard work in about 90 minutes yesterday because Greg was listening to Hal Anderson afternoons. His weather buddy Bruce Johnson was on saying he expected there to be snow on the ground by this afternoon. And depending on which forecast you look at, Environment Canada, for example, says periods of snow beginning near noon, maybe two centimeters, maybe a couple more centimeters tonight. I'm looking at some radar right now that shows that there is Something coming towards Winnipeg, but it's something well because I say something because uh, out west it looks like snow right now, but as it up you know, when then it goes into its projected path and as it enters to Winnipeg, it then turns green. The blue blob that's moving across the screen to indicate snow turns green, which means that maybe it won't, maybe it'll be wet, but it might not be snow.
0: Well, based on the fact it's minus. Eight outside. I suspect if it gets here in the next little while, yeah. it will be in fact snow. But, but it, hey.
1: won't, it won't be for another three hours by the looks okay. of it. Two three hours. But All
0: something right. is appears to be coming. <laughs> something is coming. Yeah. The most generic weather forecast ever. Something wicked this way comes. <laughs> more at six um,
2: (laughs) but you know it's funny when you mention all the things you're doing greg just get your yard ready for the snow Mm -hmm. and then a couple of our listeners texted in about did you check your sump pumps and your hoses and right yes and so then i was like are there extra again this comes down to the question you asked me earlier this week brett or yesterday do you have your winter tires on and i was like somebody magically (laughs) takes care of that and i sure sure it's gonna be fine like that's how so some of these things you go looking on the list of things you're supposed to do to get ready for winter i would argue many of us don't necessarily check off all those boxes like clean your gutters or check your hoses or drain any outside lines that you might have or your ice tires (laughs) or for example this morning was kind of a frantic huh They think the kids need winter coats today do they still fit Kind of thing, right? Because everything gets put away in boxes six months ago.
1: Now, obviously, for me, the list of winter preparations is much smaller because I live in an apartment, but I've come to discover that. I think I need a new parka, not like because we have those big, awesome North Face parkas that we got from the radio station, but I don't want to pull that one out right away because like for me, that's the deep freeze. Like that's the deep cold jacket. Oh, and like I a start
2: psychological p- choice. Well, oh, that's like a, a white flag.
0: When you put yeah. that on, it's like you've yeah. surrendered to, to everything.
2: Well, October it, 20th, Brett is out. That's
0: right. Well, it's two
1: things. I don't want to <laughs> surrender, but I also don't want to get used to wearing that jacket because then ah. when it does get super cold, it does feel like that jacket is providing as much protection. I don't know, because that's how it was last year. I started wearing it too soon. And the reason I started wearing it too soon is because the other winter jacket we got from the radio station, uh, which is a lighter coat. It's one of those three in ones. It's old. It's like eight years old. It's just it's lost its potency. It's, it's time to go. And uh, so I think I need a new jacket. So I so now I'm scrambling. I I tried to actually tried to go to North Face yesterday. They're
0: closed. They were closed on a Monday. Yeah, in I could have looked it up, but I I figured well, it's just ten minutes away. <laughs> it's
2: like that's all a great ha- reference. Small <laughs> towns do like to close things on
0: Mondays. Yeah, I don't know
2: if that's still a thing. It
0: is still a thing. It, try and go and get a haircut in Minidosa on a Monday. It's it's I'm just about, them right now. it's just about impossible <laughs> because they close early on Saturday afternoon, off Sunday, off Monday for the most part. It it, it can be very frustrating. Um, are the bosses listening this morning? Brett needs a new winter coat. Uh, <laughs> do you want to order like something specifically? Yeah. And then that way you we can a jacket. get out. one. Yeah, okay. I have one picked, I, I too picked out. I have two picked out, actually. I think you should send an email to the powers that be and <laughs> see if we can't get a whole order going here.
1: <laughs> I also need winter boots because the winter boots I have are like five years old and I do a ton of walking in the winter and they're oh. just, they're cracked. They've got cracks in the side, so they're still warm. But if I like take a step in deep wet snow, then my feet get wet. So that's useless. So now I need to go to something like Canadian footwear and get some new boots. And I still <laughs> and I'm ashamed of this, but I think this was partly due to the pandemic. And I simply haven't really had anybody over at my apartment. I still have not cleaned my balcony, the table that is on my balcony from last winter.
0: It's still oh, dirty perfect. from last
1: winter. Yeah, then you're ready.
0: Yeah. You're ready for next spring already. <laughs> that's right. You don't need to do a gosh darn thing that, you know, that's the difference, I guess, uh, from either having singletons, a uh, one kid at a time or having two at a time or none, because, uh, just bless her. Uh, Jackie is always thinking ahead. Like she buys new winter jackets in the spring, when they go on sale, when the places are blowing them out, because when you're buying two of everything, saving 10, 20, 30 bucks goes a long way because there are no hammy downs in my house. It's double trouble. So you have to buy two winter jackets, two pairs of winter boots, uh, four pairs of runners. I mean, and it all happens at the same time. So you've got to be conscientious at our place about trying to get ahead of that stuff so you don't have to pay full price for everything. So uh, I just want to give a shout out to my wife who she's so organized on that stuff that counteracts (laughs) the list of things that you were just going through, Loren, like cleaning the uh, gutters or the eaves troughs. Yeah, that's on a list. But guess whose list it's on? (laughs) You know, as I always say at home, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm kind of tired of doing all the two-person jobs by myself. So now I have a crew, and I flip the script on the boys. I don't know how well it's going to work because if anybody was outside yesterday in my neighborhood, they would be saying, yeah, it didn't work very well because I, I, I'm a little bit of a yeller sometimes oh. when I'm doing chores with the boys. You yelling? Yeah. No. They're inefficient. They don't have systems. See, there I go. I'm getting yeah, frustrated. Systems.
2: They don't have their systems, Brett. They they're not need doing systems. it right. systems.
0: They need systems. <laughs> The point that's I'm trying to make. That's not how you do it. That's and right. Just because
2: I never showed you how to do it doesn't mean you shouldn't know oh, how no. to oh, do no. this.
0: Loren, you're not getting the right back talk yet. The back talk is just because it's the way you do it doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. <laughs> so that's exactly. the back talk you can and prepare for that. The in the back
2: yelling systems. Systems. <laughs>
0: Anyway, I was going to give you some parenting advice. I don't know if it's going to work out in the end, but I finally, I gathered the Twin Towers yesterday, and I looked at them. I said, this is your chore. This is not you helping me with my chore. This is me helping you with yours. I think it's going to fall on deaf ears, but that's the approach I'm taking henceforth.
4: That's <laughs> systems.
0: <laughs> and systems. <laughs> And soon the system will be down. Yeah, system will be down. And guess who will have to put it back together again? <laughs> Are you ready for snow?
1: If you have something left that you haven't gotten to yet, let us know. 204-780-6868. Did we just get something, Greg?
0: Uh, yeah, Jason says, you got to offer them more than five bucks, Greg. <laughs> it's called the cell phone bill. They got cell phones a few months ago. Oh, man. Because man, one cell phone's not enough. Four cell phone bills to pay Mm. every month. Yeah, I could uh, have a brand new car for the cost of four cell phones. (laughs)
1: 914 on 680 CJOB. We are giving away a Santa Lucia pizza based on your text messages of waiting to the last minute to do something. And we got a Goldie from, remember, Master, was it Master T on Much Music. Was Master was T? the show Extend a Mix? Dad, I don't remember I the name it was of Extend-a-Mix. the show, but I remember
2: Master T. He was great. I only had three channels, so I don't oh. know what you're talking about.
1: Well, and he, he had he hosted a show called Extend a Mix, and it was later just called Dumix. And he always he had OBGs, and, and only but a goodie. So we got uh, we got a that had nothing to do with what I was actually saying. I realized there's no golden, yeah. and there's nothing golden in there.
2: There's no segue right. here.
1: There is no segue. Let's just get out. Weather next? <laughs> LOL. Just look at the radar. You'll see that. Anyway, So we have a Santa Lucia pizza to give away at 204-780-6868. You've been texting us this morning about procrastination, waiting until the last minute, whether that was by choice or whether it was circumstances like, oh, no, it's going to snow. I got to get this done now. I wasn't planning to do this until next month, but I got to do it now. Uh, Well, this text from Jeff. (laughs) Uh, Anxiety just thinking about it, and I'm sure for anybody who's ever gone through this. Even if you've never been married, you've likely been involved in a wedding and know the stress that is involved in a wedding. So Jeff, uh, this is great. In 1999, my then girlfriend and I were planning a wedding. My girlfriend was methodical in the year of planning leading up to our September wedding. Many of the tasks were completed many months ahead of our special day. She had lists, she had binders. I, on the other hand, was charged with three simple tasks to make sure the groomsmen and I had tuxes, our wedding car was washed and decorated. During the year of planning, I had a friend whose wife left him, and he spiraled into a depression. I wanted to be supportive and pri- prioritized spending time with him over planning. Well, the night before a wedding, my girlfriend asked if everything was set. I told her <laughs> things were well in hand. Our <laughs> ceremony happens. with 135 invited guests was at 1 p.m. on Saturday. That Saturday morning at 10 a.m., that Saturday morning at 10 a.m., My groomsmen and I went looking for tuxedos. We attended a store about 20 minutes from the church. The clerk went white when we told her I was about to be married in two hours. We had five salespeople helping us out. The text uh, cut off from there. He actually sent us a slightly longer version of the story and I guess just ran out of room in the text. But Jeff, that's good enough. (laughs) I I think we got the gist of it, man.
2: I just need to know now, still married? Because that's what a way to start that off. I love it. Like, I, that's a, there must be, um, you know, that whole bounce thing opposite to the track. She's organized. He's not. Oh, I yes. Bet you, I bet you decades later, they're still laughing.
1: Well, you yeah. can't both be organized because then you're just trying to out-organize each
0: other. Like, Good you'd point. think that would be a clash. Oh, I'm going to use that one tonight. <laughs> Jackie, we can't both be organized. What kind of relationship would that
2: be? Balance. (laughs) You could draw a whole scale thing. I'm over here. You're over there. We're evening each other out. I'll be over here doing nothing. Why don't you go over there and do some things?
0: (laughs) I think I need to make a PowerPoint presentation for dinner this (laughs) evening.